Hey everybody, welcome to the Cripes Cast. I'm your host, Charlie Barons. So listen, I saw a Wolverine this weekend. Okay, now I know what you're thinking. I know what you're thinking. Charlie, it was probably just dark out and you were probably drinking. But just because those two things are true doesn't mean that I didn't see a Wolverine. Is that a double negative? Mrs. Troutman's going to be mad at me. That was my eighth grade English teacher. She didn't like my posture from what I can remember. Great woman. I was a terrible student. Anyway, I was in Lafarge this weekend. I was staying at the Kickapoo Valley Ranch, which I can't recommend enough. They're not a sponsor, but just a beautiful place. Come for the peace and quiet of the Driftless Valley. Stay for the chocolate chip cookies, which you get when you check in. Cowboy Joe makes them. They're real good. Baked with crack. Anyway, I went with my buddy Adam Gruel, who I record the album Unthawed with. You know him. He was on the podcast. And we actually have, we've got some live shows coming up. So we decided to get away, you know, and rehearse, maybe write a new song or two, but mostly go fishing. And boy, did we fish. It was my second time fly fishing, first time catching a trout. Holy smokes, did I bury the lead there or what? Jeez Louise, let me tell you, it was it was a blast. You know, I think fly fishers get a bad rap for being pretentious. But once you go fly fishing, you're kind of like, yeah, I can see why they're such, you know, pricks. Uh, <laughs> can we say that? I don't know. Fly fishers are not pricks. That's not a nice thing to say. But, you know, they get a bad rap for being, let's just say that when you draw a mental image in your head of a fly fisher and an ice fisher, it's a completely different person. Anyway, we got to do a sketch on that. What was I saying? Oh, yeah. I caught my first trout. I wish someone was there filming because, uh, first of all, I missed like 12. Okay, so this one was on, and I knew it was a big fish because Adam is he can be a chatty Kathy. He just went dead silent. And I was like, oh, boy, I better not screw this up, you know? And let me tell you this. That sucker, and by sucker, I don't mean to disrespect that beautiful brown trout by calling it a sucker, but it jumped twice. It, it was like something you'd see on ESPN fishing or what, what's that on ESPN like five or something. Does ESPN still have all those channels? I haven't cable in years. Anyway, I knew it was a good fish again because Adam just went dead silent and he had no faith in me. Absolutely not. You know, and you could tell this by how close <laughs> he practically, he practically went out there swimming to that trout. You know, usually you got a little faith in the uh, angler. Um, to bring the fish in, but he, he really didn't have much of me. By the way, that's why it's called angling, I heard. Or wait, no. Yeah. Uh, how is this? You kind of angle. I think it's a fly fishing term. You angle your cast into the... You know what? I forgot what Adam said. Adam was so full of knowledge, by the way. It, it, dude really gets into fly fishing. And, you know, he just had all these... tips, And maybe everybody who fly fishes knows all this stuff. But, you know, just matching the hatch, that's obvious. That's the thing everybody says when you talk about fly fishing but anyway adam had no faith probably because i lost about five other trout before this one but alas i landed it now did adam kind of basically swim almost above his waders to get out to the fish to net it potentially okay but you know it was still it didn't come off the pole and i did a real good job i patted myself on the back i'm gonna pat myself on the back again. So, you know, I brought the trout in, got a little meet and greet with Mr. Trout, one I didn't pay for. Then I sent him back home with a workout and uh, that trout sent me home with a selfie, which I have yet to post actually. 
I really should do that. Oh man, that was such a blast. I can I, again, I can see why people really get into fly fishing. It's you know, there's everything from like matching the hatch, you know, where you pick up a rock in the river and you see what's hatching in there, and then you f- fish for a fly in your little box thing, and and you, you do the same thing. It seems very basic, but you know, it's just not something you think about as much when you're ice fishing. We're just regular fishing. And then we walk through miles of river. What seemed like miles? Honestly, it was probably more like eight blocks of river. Oh, what what about the Wolverine, Charlie? Yeah, so I see this Wolverine. Okay, so we're at the Kickapoo Valley Ranch. And it's got a bunch of these really cool cabins on top of this sort of gorge. Or I don't know what it is. It's, it's on top of a little hill. Charlie, why would you call it a gorge if it's a little hill? I don't know. It's how my brain works. Anyway, it was nighttime. But I went out of the cabin to go get more beer. And, <laughs> and as I walk out, I look to my right. And I, I kid you not, I see this this bi or quadpedal. How do you say walking on all fours? I saw this thing. And it, it looked like a baby bear, but not a baby bear. I've seen baby bears before, twice. And this was not that. Okay, And it looked kind of like a little bobcat. But this was not a bob. It was too big to be a bobcat. And it almost walked like kind of a little sideways, you know, kind of like a big sloth. Okay, it looked like a big sloth. That was it. So I went in and I did, you know, I turned to the experts that is Googling it. And I typed in if sloths lived in Wisconsin and didn't hang on trees. And then I saw it. The Wolverine. And I was like, that is it. So then I did a new Google search and I said Wolverine because I just wanted to see pictures of Wolverine. And, uh, you know, all that came up was the, the X-Man. You know, can you believe that? Like, how would you like to be one of the one of the craziest, coolest animals in North America? And the first thing that comes up when they Google your name is this X-Man, you know, and I, I'll give it to you. Wolverine is a cool X-Man. But I mean, it, also, the Google suggestion is Wolverine animal. No, shouldn't it be Wolverine X-Men? You know what I mean? Shouldn't the first thing you think of when you see a Wolverine not be the X-Men, but be this amazing land mammal that's incredibly rare, but incredibly badass, by the way. I went through the Wikipedia on this guy, and oh, I'm telling you, vicious. It's a vicious creature. It's a good thing I didn't get close enough to officially confirm it was a Wolverine, because I might not be here telling you this pointless story today. Charlie, are we going to do a podcast today or are you just going to keep rambling? I don't know. That's a great question. Anyway, the past weekend was such a blast. It's such a great time. It's one of those weekends where, you know, you catch your first trout, you see your first Wolverine, and you're just saying, you know, how did I get so lucky? Oh, it was a good time. Anyway, my guest this week is comedian and host of the podcast, Don't Make Me Come Back There, Dustin Nickerson. Dustin debuted his comedy special, Overwhelmed. I think it was this past year, but it's available on Amazon. You should definitely check that out. He's a very funny dude. Dustin actually came on tour with me last February, right before COVID completely ruined all the fun. And he is a hilarious comedian. And uh, I think he's especially interesting because he got into comedy a little bit later than most comedians. You know, he was in his 20s and he had a wife, he had a job, he had kids. Yet he found a way to, you know, really make what he loved his full time job. And and that's not an easy thing in comedy, but it's doable. And I think that's really cool to see. He's got great perspective. And I think it'll be good to hear for anyone who, you know, knows they want to do something else or try something new, but they may not think it's possible. You know, it, it definitely is possible. And he 
provides a lot of insight on that. So anyway, I could keep telling you what we talked about, but maybe we'll just save it for the podcast. That's coming up in a second. But first, quick reminder, don't forget to follow the Cast on all social media platforms. That's at Cast. And I want to thank all of you for rating the podcast and leaving a comment. Honestly, that helps so much with the success of this podcast. Why? Because the way they do these algorithm things, they're like, we want people to rate it and leave a comment. And so there's that. But also, I really do enjoy reading your comments. And it's great. It helps me give the show direction and know what you like and know what you don't like. So, you know, I'm just here to please. I'm here to please. Does anyone need a beer? Uh, I do have some rhubarb if anyone's looking. to. I'll give you a cutting for your garden this year. I'm just here to please. All right, so I want to read a couple of these. Phil Tuba 47 says, cheers from Montana. That's the title. Cheers, Phil. He says, really enjoy listening to your conversations with your guests. No matter what the guest does for a living, you ask great questions and do a great job getting people to think about how similar we all actually are. Oh, thanks, Phil. You know, I think that's true. We all, you know, crap sitting down. Really, Charlie, that's the one you picked? Could pick put your pants on one leg at a time? Well, no, that's not true. Some people don't. Some people jump into those sums of guns two legs up. You know, that's their morning workout. They do a squat and then a jump into their pants. Other people put their pants on on their bed. Next comment, Sweetberry. One, two, all the way up to Sweetberry. We'll just leave it there and then a bunch of numbers. Oh, it's just one, two, three, four, five, six. <laughs> that better not be your password, Sweetberry. Holy cripes. Son of a buck. Just heard the latest pod with Mark from GFR. And that's Grand Funk Railroad. And that has to be the best one so far. Apologies to Leroy Butler. But that guy was awesome. Nice to hear someone as funny and genuine as you on there. Okay, gotta make me an old-fashioned because it's Friday, you know. You know, sweet berry, I'll tell you that. Ah, make it sour. Four fingers tall on the brandy. Anywho, thank you all for leaving those comments. Okie dokes, enough chit-chat. Here's my conversation with Dustin Nickerson. I gotta say, I really like your mustache. It's a bold move. What inspired the mustache? First off, thank you for the mustache compliment. It has been uh, a topic of hot divide, you know, or hot topic of divide. But the inspiration was uh, too many days on the road by myself. Uh, (laughs) I was in Portland for like an eight day run of shows mm-hmm. just in portland and <laughs> that's uh, that's what happens when you go to portland for eight days it, you just truly, come back you, with a yeah. an 80s uh adult film star stash that's ex- well you know they're not um they're kind of in in portland uh, see I, I, I already knew you were gonna go there with that i, I already <laughs> knew i already knew the 80s 80s adult film star now cool in portland so it's coming to yeah. your town soon ladies and gentlemen. exactly yeah i when it makes it to milwaukee i'm not sure but <laughs> i would imagine here's the thing it's uh, you know when you get a car uh, a new car uh and you don't you didn't realize how many people drive that car until you now also drive that car you see yeah. your car everywhere now same color same year and that's how i am with mustaches now 
there are a lot more mustaches in the world uh, than I realized. It's like hearing a new word for the first time, too. Yeah. You know, <laughs> or like I never knew what this word meant. And now I'm seeing it all over the place. Same kind exactly. of vibe, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think for whatever reason, it works. The, the Lord did not give me uh, eyebrows. I don't know if you notice, I, I'm pretty much invisible eyebrows, which is why I wear glasses on stage. In addition to the vision, it gives my face some structure. Uh, so and now the mustache only adds to that. So I'm not just this kind of like, you know, mold that has yet to be molded <laughs> of face. <laughs> Uh, it's it's like, a uh, I th- I think it's a wonderful look now. So thank you. You, you brought it home. Did mm-hmm. you did your wife know until you walked in the door? Were you clever and didn't FaceTime with her before you got back? Or? No, I would never. I would never sneak that on her. I okay. had to. I I didn't even want her to see like a video of me on stage with it or a clip or anything like that or a picture. No, I almost as if like I had like something I had done very bad that I had to tell her. I was like, honey. We need to talk. And Are you for whatever down? reason, for whatever exact, for whatever reason, uh, she she likes it. I think maybe because it's just different, and also I know this might be a little uncomfortable uh, for maybe some of the listeners. But there's no easy way to say this, Charlie. But uh, a mustache uh, puts out some real sexual energy. Wow. I, I honestly very, wasn't ready to hear this, but go I on. I know. Night one of the mustache, uh, someone asked me to sign their boob. And that's <laughs> one of one times. And it has not it had not happened before that. Uh, <laughs> but but when I told that to the bartender, she was like, Oh yeah, like that's just gonna be a part of your life now. And I was like, wow. Okay, so maybe there's this unspoken thing amongst some people with mustaches that it's it's one of those things that you can't be too outspoken about you know because you don't want to get ostracized by your community and i think it's how you know how like 70 million people voted for trump but like Mm -hmm. 20 million talked about it yeah 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 (laughs) same deal same deal yeah same deal like you can't show you're not going to put a sign showing your love and support for mustaches in 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 the front lawn but when you're by yourself in that poll booth you're voting (laughs) mustaches I have to do uh, stuff like this. You you are a, an objectively beautiful man. You, you know what? Have, you you're you're very kind. You're you're very you kind. Have a, you, you have great uh you have very defined chin. Everything like point, points downward. It's great. Yeah, okay. It, okay. Uh you grow even fa- the last time you saw me we were in Wisconsin and I had mm-hmm. that kind of patchy nonsense and we sat and uh, drank three spotted cows. And we did. I spent at least one and a half of the spotted cows coveting your facial hair. <laughs> well, but- I, I, listen, <laughs> before I let you flatter me more, and by, by the way, I appreciate that and could listen to that all day. But I must say <laughs> that if you just grow a bunch of facial hair and then keep just trimming it, right, using the same thing, then all the patches eventually grow in. I think. Yeah. Right? Well, allow I me to mansplain I, I, uh, yeah. shaving to you. <laughs> well, listen, I'm just going to throw this out there. I'm not going to be able to grow a mustache that thick. I mean, that is a very thick mustache. And you um, know, it's really it's that's why I'm saying I think you just, uh, you know, you go where you're accepted and mm-hmm. you grow what facial hair <laughs> accepts you. And mm-hmm. I, I, I look at this and I go like I, I would say if we were out in public, yeah. people would go, "You beard, me mustache, but equal facial hair." 
But if ah. I tried to go out a beard, they would go, oh, no, 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 no. He's less of a man than Charlie. And this is actually a really good point because you are, whereas before in the conversation, you would have been yeah, the, the other guy. Now, I'm the other guy. As <laughs> you are. Yeah. You are yeah. the guy. The guy with the mustache, and I would say, yeah, everybody's number two to the mustache guy. Everybody's number two. It doesn't matter. <laughs> and by the way, by the way, since this is a Midwest focused podcast, you know, I wasn't saying that. You know, if we both have facial hair, that I would be the guy. Okay, I'm just saying, hypothetically, <laughs> theoretically, if I was. So yeah. we're we're on equal footing. Okay, I didn't right I didn't. right. Yeah, no, but it, it's it's a good vibe. I like it. Thanks, man. So I had a guy I knew, or I don't know where I, I heard this story, but there was a guy in LA. He wasn't getting any acting jobs. He was an acting teacher, and he just didn't. He didn't get gigs. Good, good actor. You know, he was teaching yeah. acting school and whatnot. And and say what you want about acting teachers, a lot of them are really good actors. Sure. All of a sudden, he uh, <laughs> grows a, a full red beard. You know, <laughs> and now he's getting booked left and yeah. left and right. And sometimes it's that little extra thing that, that what, what they call it in screenwriting, the hook in the crutch or something for certain characters. Yeah, right? like, I like, like kind it. Of something that makes you stand that you give someone a choice and then they're like, oh, let's go with the mustache guy or, you know. Yeah. It just anything to make you a little more distinct. And I will say that since growing this out, I still am not getting a lot of bookings. But <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> but maybe if I grow handlebars, maybe I just have to make it a different type of mustache. Maybe I need yeah. to grow it down a little more. Yeah. I'll just I'll look like a uh, look like a, a bandit. I don't know. <laughs> I love how we're eight minutes into this and have talked about nothing other than mustaches. I think well, we're off I think to a that good start. Proves, yeah, I think that kind of proves your point about you're always number two to the mustache guy. <laughs> People just want to talk about it. Hey, do you go out for acting gigs? No, I'm a bad actor. I'm really bad at it. And I don't seek to get good, better at it. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> that, that'll be a problem not, then. Yeah. Yeah, I don't. Like if someone ever gave me notes, like, could you do this? I'd be like, no, no, it's, it, it, that is sort of the, the comedian's problem. I think anytime, right. like I've, I've done a couple scripts where I put myself on tape for something and I'm like, are they really going to write it like this? Uh, do you want do you want a punch up here? That's the thing with a comedian. You, there's so much ego in that. I think right. I can make this funnier, you know? Right. Not interested in collaboration. Uh, maybe on <laughs> writing, it would be different, but if it's me talking, I'm going to be like, no, I'll. I'll just, uh, you know what? Just could everyone just get out of the scene? I'll just do because that's all do we a, do is monologue. Right, right. We do a hot five on it. Right, but I'm yeah, I'm 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 really bad at it. I've uh, I'm not. Uh, I've done like I did a couple improv classes and I did like one acting class, and I just you know what it was is I just I felt like it doesn't come natural to me, and I also. It's not like currently it's not professionally advantageous to do it. Like I'm not seeking that type of work. And I just I, I felt like I don't have time in my life to be bad at something right now. <laughs> I don't want to put the work in. You know, it's it's really interesting you say that because and correct me if I'm wrong, but here's something I've always admired about you. But, you know, you got married, you had kids and then at 
what age? Was it 28 you decided to become 27. a stand-up? 27. 27. Yeah. Okay. All right. You got to give everybody sort of that backstory because I think it's amazing, A, and then I got some follow-ups after you set it up. I'd set it up, but I've already screwed up the facts, so I'm just going to let you do it. <laughs> no, no. I So, yeah, I had a, I had a whole life before stand-up. You know, 27 uh, I had done four or five different careers at that point, which meant I had done none, but you know, I was, uh, you know, doing your classic restaurant and coffee shop management type stuff there for a while. I worked for a church for a while. I, I was a journalist there for, I was, I was on the path to going down the journalism route. I wanted to be a sports writer, you know, and, uh, you know, I was just doing a bunch of random different things the last job that i had was probably my most consistent and would have been the day job i would have held forever i was working at a rec center kind of like a ymca and i was just middle management selling selling rec center memberships and uh i had always wanted to do comedy i was always in love with comedy i grew up you know how old are you we're around the same age right yeah i'm 33 okay so i'm a little older but 30 i'm 30 six uh we we were the comedy central era like comedy stand-up comedy was always on when we were growing up like as teens and stuff it was constantly it like comedy central got south park later it got mm-hmm. it used to just be stand-up all the time and so i love stand-up and i watched it and um i just at 27 it was almost like a bucket list type thing like oh well i'll just try it i've always wanted to do an open mic i've wanted to like just throw my you know Hat in the ring, hair hand in the. I don't know how the expression works. Yeah, uh, your your hat in the rink. It's you know. An, oh, hat in the rink. That makes sense. No, uh, hand, hat, hand, hand in the rink. That's it. It's handed. A, I thought it was somebody scored three goals and we were all throwing our hats. Oh, right? like a hat, a hat trick. trick? Yeah. Yeah. I just saw it was a violent hockey game where someone, you know, cuts off your hand and you throw that in or something. <laughs> I don't really know. You know, there's so I many have, idioms I have, like that I mispronounce, yeah. so forget about yeah. it. Yeah. It was very Midwest of you to assume it was related to hockey. <laughs> this, like, <laughs> global expression. Yeah, you know, it's probably something to do with, uh, they throw, like, an octopus out, huh? You throw your octopus in there. <laughs> I have I have till the start of next NHL season to learn about hockey from you. So because Seattle's got a team, baby, the Kraken. Uh, oh, yeah. Well, th- you're going to be very disappointed because the only hockey I know about is pond hockey. OK, I'm not. Uh, okay. I'm not, you're not a fan. Wisconsin doesn't have a well, we don't have a professional hockey team, although I do love, you know, uh, we've got you know, I don't know what the league is here but anyway it's the milwaukee admirals i've always gone to their games since i was a kid i right. love it love watching it um we so have I guess the san I do diego goals here yeah oh yeah it's probably the, the, same league probably same league. yeah i love a good minor league because hockey is great hockey is the best life sport and then oh, yeah and minor league hockey is just off the rails good <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because those guys are like they're fighting with everything they got there, you know. Yeah, yeah. They're gonna Especially check when out you... and go put out a fire because they're like a full time <laughs> fireman. You know? Yeah, like, that's what you want. You want yeah. a guy who's like also in the National Guard. Yeah, you know, you wasn't there. Well, wasn't wasn't it for the Blackhawks? Wasn't there a guy? And this was probably one I don't know, a couple of years ago, but he was playing on one of those like D whatever teams, one of those yeah. lower teams. And then the goalie, I guess each team can only have two goalies. Okay. There's some rule like that. And both the goalies on the Blackhawks got injured and he got called in 
to play. Oh, he, yeah. He, he goes to every game, sits in the press box or whatever, like never gets called in. He The pads he was wearing were, were from like his beer league team or whatever. And he yes. saved like every puck or something like that. <laughs> they won the game. That I mean, that it, it, why that hasn't been made into a movie yet is beyond me. But yeah. I, Isn't that the whole story of the miracle or what was the, miracle the Mark Wahlberg on one? No, um, no, no. I know that. I, I it don't doesn't. Same idea. Yeah. Okay. It's been made. So it's been done. It was. And I'm and my comedy career was kind of the equivalent of that. Let's yeah, be honest. Right. To so tie you, it back together. So you here. throw your hat and your hand in the <laughs> rink. And then. And where is this? Just, Which club? It's at Madhouse Comedy Club in its old location. Uh, and. Uh, here in downtown San Diego, and I uh, go and do three minutes at an open mic, and then uh, I just, uh, that dog bark is about the <laughs> level of reaction that I got for the three minutes. That's not true. I did three minutes. I got two laughs. I had a punch halfway through, and I did a punch. I got a, a big laugh at the end, and, uh, well, big laugh. There were two tables, you know, and I told a story about being in middle school and having to wrestle a girl. And that I practiced, you know, a hundred times or whatever, and then just kind of stuck with it. And, uh, you know, it just kind of like a snowball type thing. Like, okay, well, I guess I'll do it twice this month, or I guess I'll just start doing it twice a week, or, oh, I guess I'll start doing it every night. And, and, uh, that all was going great until about a year ago when it all stopped. <laughs> well, what was it like though, when you were first starting off and you have, you know, your first set, which was, I mean, it got you enough laughs to keep going. Right. Did you get a hit off the, even the, the one thing that did work? Oh, you, yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Because you just go like, oh, I can do this. Mm -hmm. Like this is because, um, you know, being a stand up comedian, there's like no you don't know that you can like you don't know that what if you live in a major city, there's probably a couple professional comics in your town who just live there or they move or they move to Chicago or New York or LA or whatever. And you just don't know. Cause you're just, you don't know about that, like kind of invisible working class comedian that you only know the famous ones. Mm -hmm. And I just, I kind of got hooked in the way that that show f was formatted was they did the open mic for an hour and then the regulars, you know, got like, 10 minute sets or whatever. Yep. And there was one regular who I talked to for like two hours afterwards. So I just pulled aside and I just asked a ton of questions because I will say the one thing about starting later on in life, especially when you have kind of stakes on the line were, you know, I, I there was an urgency to me of like, I can't do this as a hobby for a long time. Like this has to be something that kind of not only do I like, uh, is this a you know a feasible career for me? That I was thinking that way pretty early on. Um, and the good news and the bad news of that is the only real path is just to do it as much as you can. Just get on stage all the time, you know. But the bad news of it is like sometimes early on when you have that mindset, you do kind of focus on the wrong things. You're like, oh man, I got to get my website and I, I got to get my headshots. And, and you're like, man, just for the first couple of years, you can be borderline anonymous. Just it might be better if you are just right. get good and start making contacts and though i will say the one professional advantage that i have is you know i was a grown-up and and when you're doing open mics i mean the average 
person that there is is a child you know somewhere between 18 and 23 and i remember even the second time that i walked in i was like oh so that guy he books the people like he's in charge he's the only one that i need to like me i think comics like me great but the booker i need to like me and that's you know those are grown-up thoughts networking who's in charge here yeah when you're younger you're kind of like who's the best comedian let me try and like talk to him after the show, see what he's doing, wants to grab a beer and sort of network right. my way into a show of his or something. Exactly, exactly. You get it. Yeah. You get it. How do you think I got in with Charlie Barron's? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and you're doing this and you you have a couple kids at the time. And what is your wife thinking when you're doing this at night and it's a new thing and you're gone all these nights and all that sort of right. stuff? Right, right. You know, it. Um, she... It's very helpful that I'm married to an artist. You know, my wife is a graphic design major. She's an entrepreneurial type. She gets it as far as both the need to be creatively fulfilled and also the, hey, is the rec center what we want to do with our whole lives? Mm -hmm. We used to have what we talked about, you know, it was very easy to see where kind of like my career path was going to go if I stayed at the rec center. And it was most likely going to be I would run one of these. I would get in charge of one of the rec centers, you know, and then maybe I would be in charge of multiple rec centers. You know, there's a hierarchy just like any career. And there was an opening for the director at the one in Salem, Oregon, which, you know, would have brought me back to my northwest home. And the we looked at it and we thought about it and we're like, but if I do, if we pursue that career, that will be the end of stand-up because there's no there's no stand-up in Salem. It's, you know, I, I can't I drive an hour and a half into Portland just to do open mics. San Diego is a scene. We have a scene and we're close to LA and we have a big airport. None of these things that Salem had. And had I taken that job, you know, it would have kind of been the end. But we always talk about, you know, we would have lived for our Friday night family nights at Applebee's. You know, and neither of us, no knock on that, but neither of us were like, yeah, that's the life we want. So she saw pretty early on like, oh, I think Dustin might be good at this and he's getting booked and he's getting passed at clubs. And then when and then when money starts to come in, you're like, oh, OK, no, this is a good thing because it's not like I was killing it at the rec center, especially, you know, living in San Diego. So, you know, there were definitely some hard times and, and we had to have I had to have conversations that. Other comics didn't as far as like, hey, can I do two night shows this week? Or like I had I had to run shows by somebody and most comics don't deal with that. But there was the strength of it was I was I showed up early. I wrote. I networked. I took a ton of notes afterwards. And if I was out for the night, I'd be like, well, I'm going to do four sets tonight because this is my night out. So, you know, there was a bit of a, you know, a work smarter, not harder type thing there. Definitely. And and sort of that urgency, which exactly often can be missed. Yeah, I think when someone first moves to L.A. and I, I was in this boat, you know, I moved to L.A. a couple of times. I was in L.A. living there and each time it's sort of like when you have a whole world of options, you're almost a little bit paralyzed in what to right. do and how to invest your time. But it really helps when you can zero in and be focused and know what you want and just go after that. Right. Absolutely. And L.A. is the ultimate kind of just like storm. You're like, well, 
I'm I'm supposed to hang, but where? <laughs> yeah, I, I, there's so many different. Am I supposed to hang at the store? Am I supposed to be an improv person, or am I? Should I be like looking for where the big comics are? Or, but if I come and hang, I'm not actually going to get on stage anywhere. You know, like those were. That's even a harder sell in L.A. sometimes because so L.A. is so much about the hang. And you're like, but if I'm not getting up, what am I doing? Like, I can't come home and be like, yeah, I just I spent, uh, you know, I bought, uh, you know, two beers for thirty five dollars. And I had to <laughs> and the uh, the bartender is a comic. So I had to tip them ten dollars, you know, so I spent forty five dollars. Oh, and then, the uh, you know, I had to spend eleven dollars on parking. So I spent sixty dollars to not work tonight. <laughs> Right. That's exhausting. I, I, I think oh, I remember yeah. that's the vibe I never really enjoyed, but thought I was doing so much more than I was, was networking, going to parties, meeting people, right. asking them to go grab drinks later or whatever. Yeah. And it's, yeah. It's exhausting for everybody involved, too, because, you know, Truly. if you just double down and invest on your craft, that's sort of where everything kind of clicks at least it did for me but it's well i think that i think that you are in that ilk of you know comics who just did it their own way and that's ultimately like the comics that you're trying to hang and be around uh, they did it their own way, and now you're just kind of trying to be in and around them, and it doesn't even make sense. It's it's finding your path, your most authentic self. I was thinking about this right before we got on the phone here because I, um, I wrote a, I did a joke this last week about, um, uh, I did a show, you know, Kev on stage. Yeah, I did a show. I did his Keep Your Distance show. Another guy, much like you, just like. Hey, I'm just going to build my own thing here. And it's amazing how there's a lot more yeses when, you know, <laughs> right? Like, like when you're, you know, when you have this following, um, you know, you, you kind of, yeah, you're the man in the room with the mustache is what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> a mustache is the following of the face. Does that make clear? It, it does. It really does. Yeah. It's. <laughs> Without the mustache, how are we going to fill a room? But with that mustache, oh. <laughs> I'm paying, I will pay that two drink minimum plus $30 uh, just to Every see time move. somebody comments on it, I'm like, you're talking about me. <laughs> and it's not a bad thing. Oh, folks, excuse the interruption, but, you know, I just want to thank the Cripes Cast title sponsor, Jolly Good. We couldn't do what we do without the Jolly Good, and it's a heck of a soda, I'm telling you that, right over there in Random Lake, Wisconsin, okay? Random Lake, the town named after the lake that was so notable, they gave it the name, Random Lake. Anywho, uh, you can get your new six-pack size and select flavors now. I'm talking the Sour Power, the Grape, the Cherry, the Cream, and then the Root Beer. Holy smokes, where can you get it? Uh, well, the festival's got it, that's for sure. Bunch of other places too, uh, but definitely the festival. Okay, you can also get it online, jollygoodsoda.com. And you can follow them on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all that deal, at jollygoodsoda. All right, they got, you know, promos, they got funnies. They do, they got some jokes, the sodas tell jokes. Jeez, it's it's real good comedy. And a bunch of other jolly good news. Check them out, jollygoodsoda.com. And also... I want to shout out another Wisconsin company that's Duluth Trading Company. 
They got their headquarters right over there in Mount Horeb, Wisconsin, despite being called Duluth Train Company. Headquartered in Wisconsin, folks. And they make some real comfortable sweats. I'm telling you that. So comfortable that I've worn one of my two pairs of Duluth sweats every single day. And this is no exaggeration for the past year. Okay? Real comfortable on the junk. I'll tell you that right now. They're my go-to. You've probably seen them in a bunch of videos and wondered, hey, Charlie, you ever got, actually, you should ask Dude Dad, okay, because I was over at Dude Dad's place uh, for about a week and a half, and about six days in, he says, hey, Charlie, you ever going to wash your sweats? And I says, I got two pair. And he says, I know. I only seen you wear one pair. I was like, well, you're spending a lot of time looking at a man's sweats. Anywho, listen, they're comfortable, okay, but do I wear them every day because they're just that comfortable, or am I just that lazy? The answer is yes. Also, folks, I got to shout out Cedar Valley Cheese, who sent me some cheese in the snail mail, believe it or not. I get cheese in the mail, and I open that some gun up, and oh my gosh. I'll just tell you this. They got some real good string cheese. That's all I'm going to say about that. Just try it, okay? I, I don't often, you know, point out the string cheese, but holy shoot, and it's good. Okie dogs, back to the Cripes cast. I wrote a joke this last week and you know i know this is a midwest podcast so please receive the heart of this joke but uh the joke was the i i'm talking about uh traveling and you know there's certain places that give you a hard time for wearing a mask and the thing that they say is oh you're just living in fear you're just living in fear man just living in fear and i go oh yeah what are all those guns for <laughs> <laughs> And you go, it seems like we all have some apprehensions in our lives. <laughs> and the heart of that joke is, hey, we all got fears, right? Mm -hmm. Like life is a buffet of fears to choose from. And uh, you are worried about someone breaking into your home or the, you need to be an armed militia or you want to protect yourself and your loved ones. I get it. That's the same reason that people wear masks. Or you do it because you're virtue signaling. And you know what? That's the same reason a lot of people work. That's the heart of the joke, right? Yeah. Uh, and I go, but I'm like, ah, I mean, there's. I've posted jokes about religion and race and uh, marriage. And, uh, you know, I've, I've posted some. I'm a clean comic, but I've, I talk about topics. And I've never seen any group of people. I've never seen people more mad than when I talk about guns. <laughs> You know? Oh, tell me about it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so I was like, man, would I post this? Would I, should I, I don't want to, do I want to deal? It's a great joke. I think it's very funny. I think it kind of points out, and I make fun of everybody, but I don't make fun of anyone more than myself. Should I post it? And I had this thought, I'm going somewhere with this. I go like, oh, well, like, I wonder if like Bill Burr would do this joke and would he post it? And then like, I like, it lies like, no, no, the point is like, I shouldn't be thinking about what Bill Burr does. I need to be like, well, do I want to do that joke? Because I wrote it and I told it. Now do I want to deal the ramifications with putting it on the internet? But the point being like, you just, I, I, I see what guys like you have done and I go, well, that's, that's it. It's the, are you being your true, most authentic, genuine self? And you know, when someone like you goes to LA, it's easy to get caught up in trying to be LA when you do that when your midwest stuff is it's who you are you know and it's 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 embracing that actually will give you more success in LA and anywhere else cuz that's you know it's the only thing we got is is who we actually are yeah and you know on that note i feel like i've dealt with a lot of those things cuz who i am is someone who like 
I, I don't get the gun thing either. I mean, I've got guns. Right. I've got guns. I've got guns for hunting. And I've shot an AR-15. And after shooting an AR-15, I'm like, yep, that was fun. But there's not fun enough for, you know, the, what what right. I just saw due to that tree, you know? Right. Uh, so <laughs> it, it's like, like... I showed that tree who's boss. Yeah. I mean, I just mowed that thing down. It's like, I'm not... There are certain things where... It, I call them the, I think we can all agree kind of topics. Right. And that's, you know, support the troops. You right. got to be kidding me if you're arguing against that. Black Lives Matter. Of, of course they do. Yeah. A machine gun yeah. we probably shouldn't have access to, you know? So, yeah. And yeah. I know it's a semi-automatic. Sorry, sorry, sorry. And even, <laughs> even if there are semi-automatics, I'll even give you that. You know, okay, right. you want to have that. But do you need 50 rounds, for God's sake? <laughs> do you really need that? And if so, where do we draw the line? So, right. And I think it's important no matter, because I've taken so much crap for all these jokes. And have you made gun? Do you make gun jokes? Yeah. I've made a few gun jokes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> well, now I have to post it because, I mean, you're going to take more flack than I am. Oh, yeah. Honestly, though, that joke is just a truth. I mean, it is right. absolutely a truth. And it's. I think it makes a great point on both sides. And it also, I think, is a bridge joke, which I really like about your comedy because I think you do this a lot, but you find the commonality between the two sides and you let them see each other like themselves you know what i mean right. and it, it is true with the masks i i get it i wear a mask but there's there's a lot of virtue signaling that's been going on oh, during this yeah, whole pandemic absolutely it's just and i'm sure i've been guilty of it from time to time but mm -hmm. it's it just gets exhausting and with the guns i'm like okay i get it i got a gun but i don't need to show everybody how big my magazine is all the time you know and it's right what is the point some people I think are just, I don't know. There are a lot of people who are doing things just to kind of stir the pot. And I think you're a guy who in a lot of your comedy, you're trying to settle the pot and say, this is our commonality. Can we right. address and move forward? And so right. I, I've always appreciated that about your, uh, your joke. Thanks telling. man. Yeah. That's it's nice when you, uh, when someone notices what you're trying to do, which yeah. is kind of, I like what you said, like common sense things, but also, you know, it's, Almost everything is it's almost every political thing on the planet, you know, particularly in our country is, uh, oh, you're just two sides of the coin. You're the same thing. And all you have to do is look at the two major parties. I mean, they're nearly identical. You know, <laughs> like they 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 have a couple of defining differences. But at the end of the day. You, I mean, even Biden himself said, like, nothing will fundamentally change with me as the president. And you go, I, I get it. You're just personality things. And you hear people, you know, it's when you hear the gun thing and the mask thing. That's what that's what pointed out is people, you know, they they use the exact same arguments to defend a different thing. And it was the same thing with my body, my choice. You're like, oh, where have I heard that one before? You know? Right. Right. <laughs> you guys are I, there's, there's just irony that you like to see here. Right. It's just the kind of thing where there are so many bigger issues than, yes. than all of these sort of culture war things that we've been dealing with. And I almost wonder if we're doing it to distract ourselves from the fact that the planet is going to shit and has been mm -hmm. for 30 years, but all our conveniences are tied to it going to shit. 
And, you know, we are in so much debt. And then, you know, it's the the constant threat of, I don't know, World War Three. And now we've got the pandemic and these things are so big. But if we could just focus all our energy on yelling at each other about things that we forget about after we finish tweeting about them, you know, then maybe we can make progress. I just don't know that I see that happening or us moving closer to that. I mean, do you? I think I think you're right. I think the yelling is a wonderful distraction from all that and also just that haunting, quiet moment by yourself when you remember you're going to die alone. You know? Like well, you took constant... it there, didn't you? <laughs> no, you're... Not you personally. I'm saying everybody. Yeah. Like, I, everything is a distraction mm-hmm. for the existential moment that you all have, we all have, in our quiet times when you're like, I'm going to die. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to like, what What am I doing? What do I What do I stand for? What's my purpose? Do I have any legacy? Am I going to heaven? Is there a heaven? You know? Yeah. <laughs> like, all just those, like, I think it's all just very temporary. There's something about us. I don't know that I, to me, it just, it all feels, um, any, any, to me, this is my own personal opinion and working for my own thing. Anything that you're usually willing to publicly argue about is a symptom, not the sickness. Mm-hmm. Like there's like, you know, even the gun stuff, like guns aren't about guns. Guns are about freedom and individual rights mm-hmm. and that and protection mm-hmm. of, you know, you and your loved ones. And, and I get it. Fear I, of some other entity. Exactly. Exactly. And so, again, you're like, well, you go, well, what are you scared of? Like, even just asking that question, well, what are you scared of? Like, when I ask myself that question, what are you scared of? Things get real pretty quick for me. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I I mean, and that is true. So much of our lives are guided by our loves and our fears. And one of our big fears is something taking away what we love, you know? Yes, absolutely. But so few people, I think, will dig down yeah, you know what? I, I don't think I should say that. I think a lot of people intuitively know that. I, and I think right. that idea that some people just aren't smart enough to get something or whatever isn't really helpful because I don't think it's very true. I think everybody intuitively knows this. And it's just slowing down enough to acknowledge it as truth and not mm. immediately distracting ourselves with the scrolling finger or the scrolling yeah. thumb of death, you know? And then, <laughs> oh, this is what Jimmy... Jimmy, whatever the hell said about yeah. the planet, I'm going to tell him what's up, you know? Yeah, and then, yeah. I don't know. It, we're, we're so predictable. But I think the only way we're going to make progress is people, planet, whatever, is if we stop being so predictable. And that's go for yeah. not fear. So And forgive me for the, the, the kind of self-grandiose nature of this. But I do think that comedy plays an important part of that because at the heart of what I'm trying to do and at the heart of what you're trying to do and really all comedians are to trying to get people to take themselves less seriously. Mm-hmm. And when you and that's why I like to talk about things that are happening in the world because my goal is to get people to take them less seriously and to receive them less on an identity level. Like what a law in Arkansas comes down to or doesn't come down to will affect you because it affects other individuals. 
but it is not your identity. It is your, and I'm that, that came to mind as an example. That might not be the best example because it's a very current thing. But the point is, whatever the thing is, whatever the news story is, whatever the online arguments are, it's not who you are, you know? But if we can get people to laugh about them and take themselves less seriously, I actually do think that that is, to answer your earlier question, a step in the direction of things getting better right it's that's more the mindset that's true i mean what it's it's sort of taking the rules that we've always known and established and kind of turning them on their head and saying "Eh, yeah yeah you know exactly yeah and don't and and don't come to us for takes like i don't want to be like a take guy because like what do you mean like a hot take on some like a hot take exactly because i think that like for the most part i'm dumb And I don't or like I don't know everything or I just like read a thing and I regurgitate it. For example, April, 14 months ago, you and I were in a car on our way driving from Tacoma to Spokane and we were talking about coronavirus. And I go, yeah, I'm pretty sure it's just like a flu. Like it's just like the flu. And you scolded me so fast. Did I? You were Did so I? correct. You're like, that is absolutely wrong. It is so much worse than the flu. <laughs> well, but that's the point. I was just regurgitating. I, I was saying what I wanted to be true, right. which was, that's eh, not that big of a deal, right? And you're like, oh, have you read anything on this? No, don't, don't turn me into that guy. Don't turn me into that <laughs> No, oh, you no. were right. You're right. I'm well, saying I'm the idiot here. No, I was. the reason is I was talking to my dad, who's a doctor, right. and he was saying, hey, <laughs> I know everyone's talking about this, and I know you're probably making jokes about this, but it it looks more serious than, and you you should really maybe not do a meet and greet. I was like, okay, dad, sure. And then, (laughs) did we do meet and greets? I think we did. I, because as we landed in Washington, as I landed, that's when they had their first case of COVID. No. Yeah, I don't, I don't think you did meet and greets. I think uh, I think that was the concession you made because it was like stuff had just shut down. No, right when no, you no, landed, no. Right? I did. I did meet and greets. I now remember some of them. And no, because then I even came back and did a couple more shows and there were meet and greets. <laughs> the the yeah. whole social distancing thing or the, the hands or whatever didn't happen until like, I think, early March or a couple weeks. Right. Into that. That's true. Yeah, this was February. So it was late February. Was yeah. Anyway. But we couldn't find a mask. We wanted to do a sketch about doing designer masks. Yeah, yeah. Like, it would be really funny about, and we you couldn't find one. No, even then. And that, that was another interesting thing, too, because that was when a lot of people in rural America, we were in rural Washington, and no masks on the shelves. And, yeah. And a lot of people were wearing them in like those those Walmarts. Yeah. Probably more than they are now. Probably. But you know what? <laughs> I remember then it was a lot of people on the left that were making fun of people on the right. We were even because right. people on the right were more so in the masks. We were going to do that whole bedazzling sketch with them or yeah, whatever. Yeah. 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 And then Fauci came out or someone and I think it was Fauci. Yeah. And he said masks. You, you don't need them because this, this and this. And he just didn't think we could sort of handle the truth of it. And I, you know, he was saying it to tell people basically don't go out and buy masks. We need them for the medical community. But just say that and then people know and then they trust you when you say something else, you know. That's exactly it. And that like, uh, 
I was talking to my wife about this on our, uh, we were just up in LA last week and on the drive, you know, we were talking about, we went to a place where we, you know, we had to get COVID tests because we were on a studio and I was like, Hey man, we're almost there. You know, we're vaccines going out and we're getting there and stuff's opening up and even California starting to open up. And she like was like, no, there's a huge wave going through on like things are worse now than ever. And I was like, okay, that's objectively untrue. But what it is, is we started hearing from people we have not ever listened to in society, like the CDC and epidemiologists and Fauci and really in a lot of ways, the broader scientific community. And I feel like a lot of culture, like a lot of America learned what those personalities can be like and they learn things about the scientific community which is based in hypothesis you know <laughs> like they just came out two weeks ago they changed the six feet to three feet it's three feet now they lessened the distance that you need to be apart and i saw some people who are like out like just outraged and I was like, do you not remember science in school? This is how they do this. We we come up with our best guess on a new thing that we don't know. And we, if it's dangerous, you overexume, uh, you know, overextend for the sake of safety. And then after you have more information, you correct it. But, you know, but we haven't exactly been listening to those voices. Well, I, I also think it's just a general distrust in government. And I get that, too. Oh, you I know, support that. Because you, you look at the CIA and all the stuff, dosing prisoners with LSD and all that's, you know, Unreal. As, as true as it can be. And it's like, well, what else is the CIA capable of? And then right. I so I get when people start taking truth, truth, truth. And now all of a sudden they're like totally into conspiracy. I can right. see I can see that it's mental fun. pathway. Yeah, it is. Fun. Yeah, it's a I, good time. Yeah, yeah. It's, I've actually never seen the state I live in, California. I've never seen this state so unified and that. Everybody hates Gavin Newsom. Oh, everybody. That, see, it's nice to have a good bipartisan <laughs> thing. Is he getting recalled now or what's going on? I mean, they got like three million signatures, which is so many uh, for a recall. Yeah. Like, cause, And I think that's why I read the article right today. They're saying that they're like all pretty much the majority, if not all of the restrictions are going to be lifted by mid-June. And, you know, he really did lose everybody because, you know, the conservative, like first off the lockdowns and then the hypocrisy of not following the lockdowns. Yeah. You know, that that's I mean, that's a recipe for uh, for getting everyone to hate you no matter what. Right. Right. He, he, he followed <laughs> it to a T even did some of that salt based sprinkle on oh. it or whatever. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I mean, even just the private public school thing. That was the joke that I made. You're like, OK, so private school is closed or open public school. Close, does like COVID not like the taste of rich kids? Does it <laughs> only want so. greasy kids? And then and then you want to get people real mad. Okay, here's here's like a hotbed of like 11 issues coming together all at once. You ready? There were, uh, if I'm getting the story correctly, there were some kids that had immigrated illegally from Mexico and they were in the convention center here in San Diego being educated in person. I mean, if you want to grab like 11 things to get mad, to get people mad about in-person education, immigration, the fact that the convention center is even available when Comic-Con was supposed to be happening, but that got closed. <laughs> like, 
Oh, so the teach the teachers union. I mean, it was all right there, and I'm I'm just here to laugh at that because. <laughs> <laughs> And I was like, yeah, it was it was wonderful. That that is that's like the perfect news story to build an entire stand-up special bit on. You know, yeah, yeah. The only thing that would have been better is if there were guns involved. Yeah, if there I, were guns. As if, as if one of those immigrants was packing heat. You know, exactly. Yeah, and brought it in and brought that gun in from the Fast and Furious raids from the Obama yeah. administration. That's it. That's how we oh, get it all it. full circle. And then nobody knows whose side anyone's exactly. on. Exactly. Even know? that whole story, you would hear a thing and you go, oh, uh, oh, I'm conflicted. Yeah. There's a lot going on here. Yeah. I'm not sure exactly what to be mad at here without. Yeah, yeah. That's fun. That's that's the way to do it. So what's your plan now? COVID, hopefully wrapping up, hopefully normal. Well, not wrapping up. It's going to be around and it might pop back up. Might be like the flu in terms of right. its continual occurrence. It seems it's going to be like that, right? But it won't be full pandemic. Uh, like COVID's just, I, who knows? I, whatever. I don't, See, here I am again, just being, just saying stuff. Yeah, just no. <laughs> not no. substantiated in any, in Me any either. reading. Me either. Yeah. I know nothing. I know nothing. But <laughs> whatever, it seems like I got a tour at least booked this fall. I'm sure you're booking up again too. So yeah, what's, what's yeah, your game I, plan? I have uh, dates on the books, you know, really kind of starting some. I have like one in May and one in June, kind of like just kind of like putting the foot in the water, the hand in the rink, you know, whatever it may be. Uh, <laughs> it's hat toe in the, in the water. Now that I it's said that, I, I, yeah. I'm, I'm a total idiot. Yeah. The, I knew uh, you were bringing so, that up to remind me, but I just yeah. want to. <laughs> well, when I said foot in the water, I was like, I think it's toe in the water, <laughs> oh, yeah, actually. Yeah. I think I don't know. Now I get it. Now I get it. The, that was such a you, brilliant I think joke structure I, off the top of your head that I didn't even realize you were <laughs> making a joke. It's it's foot in the mower, I think is the term. Oh, you yeah. You got to put your foot in the mower. Yeah. yeah the I have, yeah, I have dates coming up starting in May. I've got some and then kind of, you know, I do a lot of like one nighters, kind of that level where, you know, I'm touring with some other folks going out and doing some support dates and then my own things and then plugging away on the pod. And, you know, I had the special release in November and, uh, you know, just it's, you know, I always I, I don't know if you relate to this or not. I always feel like our world and is like everyone's like, oh, you know, you have a big breakthrough and it's not like that. We're more like. Andy and Shawshank just chipping away each night. You know, that's what I feel like. Like right before we did this, I was editing in a video. I was like, okay, I got the three minute vertical one for this. And then I got the six minute wide one for, and I put the captions on that. And then I made the one minute version for the talk. And then that'll be a part two. And then you just, and then I'm doing this. And then that's, it's just all chipping and you hope one, you hope you get a big one every once in a while. The last time we were together, that you were very encouraging. You said like, "Yo, no, one of these is gonna go huge, and then you'll be there." And uh, you know, but but even then, you know, I've had the, I've had with a video or two get real big, and then and then there's just the big fall. The next when it, the next one doesn't do that. You go, well, now I'm just as discouraged as I ever was. Yeah. No, I mean, that's that's the thing with it. And it, it's over time. I mean, I've watched your brand over time grow and grow and in a very cool way. And your content gets different. And that's the kind of weird thing here, like where stand up comedy doing stand up in a lot of ways is like that's the the prize, I guess, like the work you have to do to go get to yeah. do stand up. And the headline is like 
making these videos pop off so you can sell tickets. It's so bizarre yeah. how it works these days as opposed to, you know, when we were both watching Comedy Central is you right. could just get good at stand up and then you can make it as a stand up. It doesn't seem to be that way anymore. There's no I mean, there's Rogan. Rogan is the closest you can get to a thing that like might make you. But if you do Rogan and nothing else, mm -hmm. like Theo got big from Rowan, the, uh, Rogan, Theo Vaughn. Yeah. But he's an animal as far as content goes. That guy produces a ton of stuff. It, and yeah. they all are. You know, it's not just that. But you're right that stand-up is kind of, it feels like uh, the reward. And there are some comics out there that, you know, stand-up is what they did. And it's what they got known for. And they got the Netflix special and they got put on it. And that's great. That's fantastic. But that is... That is the rarity. There is very few of those. I was talking to the guy that uh, Brennan Edwards, he runs Transit Studios, which is who made my special and they do the keep your distance thing. And we were talking about Kev, Kev on stage. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, ah, I was just so happy and I was just celebrating his success and things are so big for him. And and Brennan goes, do you know he's put a video on YouTube every day for the last 10 years? And I like, I didn't have anything wow. to say. And I go, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, you can't be like, oh, man, Kev, he just got it. Like, yeah. You, you know, every day yeah. for 10 years. I mean, yeah. I mean, that, and that's just one plat. That's just YouTube. Yeah. You know? No, that's an incredible statement. And it's so true. It's if you want to do this business or whatever, it is super possible but it is, you got to love the work and you got to love yeah. the, the grittiness of it or at least be able to push through the grittiness to get to the writing part that you love or the performance right. part that you love or whatever. Um, yeah. I cut you off though. What were you saying as you were- Oh, I don't something? know. I think I, I've always like, I mean, not to, I what you do and I've always appreciate your conversations and, and your chats and everything. I, I like what I'm doing right now. During the pandemic, I really kind of- buckle down to do what I wanted to do, which is I wanted I want to talk about the things that are happening in the world. Like my dream job has always been weekend update, like on SNL. Like that would be just to make or even if I'm not the main guy to come on and do segments mm -hmm. on whatever it may be, or the daily show or something like that. Not hot take just jokes about things that are happening. And I started doing that little segment, the send news thing, and it was kind of like got my my following and my base kind of used to like oh Dustin talks about things right. and so now you know like that guns joke if I'd made that like a year ago people would be real mad but I think at this point people are like nah this is kind of what he does yeah you know yeah I, and what I like about it is it kind of trained me to do it on stage which is to and just film even if it's just you were very generous and you shared that Dr. Seuss joke that I did. And that's kind of what I'm trying to do is like build the hour and build, you know, the stuff about, you know, um, my, my relationships and, and, and kids and my family and, and my dad and, and, and maybe some larger stuff going on and culture. And that's the stuff that's in the hour, you know, but each live show anymore has kind of like five to 10 minutes of stuff that happened this week or the week before or stuff in the news. And I really like doing that and just, putting it out as a reel or a video or whatever and uh 
and then burning it, never using it again. <laughs> well, it that, kind of, go yeah, you, you, no, no, you're not burning it. I, that, that's it. I, I was just going to say you're not burning it and then keep talking. Well, thank you. Yeah, because that's what I feel like is uh, that's what it's like the said news thing that I was doing. It's like, oh, I'm just doing that on stage now. And it trains people that I this is one of the things that I do. I also think watching stand up like if you're doing a stand up style joke in your room or whatever, like the Dr. Seuss joke is a perfect example. If you did that in your room, I don't think it would have been like as powerful if you did it to a crowd because yeah. you, people love that energy and are feeding right. off of it. And I feel like there's so many people doing it like straight to a camera that right. to see somebody doing it on stage is like, oh, that's great that he nailed that joke so quickly. It just came out. And I feel like when you put it out now on your Instagram and your TikTok or whatever, it just builds your following and people are going to go see you. I mean, that's what I would get hey, from it. I'm, I'm banking on that, but mostly the mustache. The mustache is, uh, I, I, I mean, if we were to bookend this conversation, uh, <laughs> <laughs> it'd be two sides, one face. And speaking of which, we are kind of running on time. I don't want to push sure. you longer. Before I let you go, what advice do you have to stand-ups who are coming up and they want to do what you do? Oh, yeah, you know, just uh, get on stage, be yourself, talk about the things you want to talk about. I feel like it's... There's no, there's no, this is the the advice that every comedian gives, which is get on stage, get on stage, get on stage, get on stage. And then I would add to that, take risks and, and ask yourself, are you, are you talking about the things that you want to talk about? Are you, are you building your act for somebody else? Are you building your act to be mainstream? Are you building your act to be like another person? Or are you, um, you know, putting out there who you actually are, you know, what you actually think on issues. And the only the only way you can do that and figure out how to do that is to do it on stage. So they're they're kind of, uh, you know, two pieces of the same advice. Exactly. There was something you said in there about finding you. And I think that so many people think that their own personal stories are boring or whatever. Um, right. But I just feel like we're all kind of like an onion to a certain degree. And when you start mining and, and finding hmm. who you are, you, you just, you find out a lot about yourself just by writing, you know, and, and absolutely I, worst case scenario, you can't go wrong from there. And finally, since obviously so much Midwestness on this podcast, you've toured all around the Midwest. What's your favorite part about it and favorite city, maybe favorite place to eat anything you can give us. Oh, wow. These are, I, I adore the Midwest and I don't say that in a pandering way. I, I was in Des Moines a couple of weeks ago and I said from stage that the Midwest, okay, it's not, uh, you know, visually doesn't do anything for me. <laughs> a little on the, a little on the flat side, okay. you know. Um, the people are genuinely. I say this with all sincerity in my heart. The best Americans we have, and it's not even close because they are uh, the coasts, the coasts, the and and the South are too emotional. <laughs> they get too worked up on everything and they never change their minds <laughs> i love a good swing state i love a state that is divided and then has a diversity of thought mm. like down to every other house it could be and and i love a state that changes its mind that you go like i don't 
I don't know how they're going to go this year, you know, (laughs) but I know it's going to determine who's president. Right, (laughs) right. And I just think that there is a a reasonableness and a down to earthness. And I do. And it is in large part why they are like my favorite crowds. You know, um, I I just I they'll go with you and they're polite and and uh, but, you know, there's also alcohol in them. So it's a good. (laughs) (laughs) I think I told you before, they're like the most polite hecklers. Oh, yeah. Like it. They're like encouraging, you know, they're, you know, I mean, they are hammered drunk, but they're encouraging still. Yeah. You know, that joke was that that was fine. Uh, yeah. Do you have anything you can, better, though, or, or no? They, no, they tell you that you do. You got better. You can do it, buddy. <laughs> I know. I believe in you. I believe you can do better than this. I try again. Do same setup. We'll, we'll forget. Maybe it was my fault. Yeah. Maybe I didn't get it. Yeah. Maybe I'm I'm sorry that I didn't get it. I'm gonna pay attention this time though. Bar's <laughs> closed. Like again, I'm eleven spotted cows in. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, big fan of the Midwest. We'll have to get you back out here once. Uh, well, you were just here for God's sake. Yeah, I've got. Uh, what do you guys? Cl- uh, what, what, I think I got on the books right now. I've got. Uh, let's see, Indianapolis. Certainly, Indy. You count Indy? Oh yeah, yeah, Indy. Yeah, Indiana. Um, absolutely. Here, let me just full on go on. Yeah, rattle website. rattle off your tour dates for the folks in the back. You know. Yeah. Be prep- yeah. Here we go. We've got for the Midwest. We've got. St. Louis and Indianapolis, and then soon to add Kansas City. Those aren't, that one's not on sale yet. The improv down there? No, I'm doing the, there's a new one, the Kansas City Comedy Club. Oh, nice. Okay, cool. Yeah. So it's, uh, and then, the, you know, I've got a bunch of other dates on there Phoenix, Raleigh, Salt Lake. Give them the Seattle, website. Tacoma. Give them the website. DustinNickerson.com. That'll take you to all the stuff for the pod and for the, my special and my tour dates, all of the above cool man i will say that uh i it's not on my my favorite probably my i probably of the midwest cities i mean chicago i feel like doesn't count uh because it's so big i know you guys claim chicago but it feels more east coast claim city, it. right it's right in the middle of the midwest don't take that from us too you know we but it doesn't feel like the midwest, I, we right? all we all give it crap but we're very happy it's here that's, that's yeah, it's like it you know when they uh there's it reminds me picking that as my favorite midwest city would be like mm-hmm. uh when bowie died they asked mick jagger what his favorite bowie song was and he said let's dance and you're like really the hit the big <laughs> that's your favorite so that's what it feels like picking chicago yeah. but i actually my very of the is probably madison Really oh, yeah. enjoy Madison. Yeah. Get down with Madison pretty highly. Great comedy club in Madison. Comedy exactly. College town. Yeah. You know, nice vibes there. Yeah. Well, cool, man. Can't wait to get you back in Wisconsin. That's for sure. You should put Milwaukee on your tour dates. But, you know, yeah, it's just a personal th- preference. Or Madison. I'm trying to get it. Trying to get it. Trying to get Detroit back on there, too. You know, but it's, you know, a lot of you guys are, you know, still pretty shut down. So Yeah. Well, we'll get there. Give us time. <laughs> we'll be like Texas soon enough. Cool, man. Well, thanks for coming on. I appreciate all your time. It's great combo. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, man. All right. Cool, brother. We'll see you. All right. That's it for this week's episode of the Cripes Cast. Make sure you follow Dustin Nickerson on Instagram. That's at Dustin Nickerson. Same thing on Twitter. Follow the Cripes Cast on all social media platforms. Thank you all so much for listening. I really do enjoy doing this podcast, and I couldn't do it without you. From the bottom of my brat soak soul. Keep her moving.
and tell your folks I says hi. Okay, real good. Oh, and watch out for deer. Okay, bye-bye. So roll out the barrel and get the band brewing. Life's got you down. Just keep her moving. It's on Wisconsin. The Badgers say it's the old Wisconsin Jubilee. You know, sometimes when you're ice fishing, you put your foot in the walleye hole and go ass over tea kettle and you think you're done. No, you got to keep her moving. <laughs>